The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Fionn Davenport is with me uh, for Travel Tuesday, so we're going to the fat one. That's what we you are. said before the break. Yes, and uh, fat with a ph? Kind no, of cool no, 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 no. Oh. F A T. Right. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully in the confidence that I'm not offending anybody, mm. because in I'm Italian, not sure you can be confident of that with anything anymore. The fat one is <laughs> La Grassa, which is the nickname of Bologna. Oh, La Grassa. La Grassa, yeah. Okay, interesting, because, um, yes, they all have the same common roots. So, graces, all the graces that you find in kind of the southeast of Ireland are all from kind of Raymond Le Gros, who was one of the first Normans came the here. Big. Raymond the Big, Raymond yeah, the Fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you so go. Grace's Castle and all these places. But anyway, Grasso is fat in Italian, but like Grasso, it's, it's known because of its extraordinary food legacy. There's an argument to be made that Bologna, but also to a slightly lesser extent, Modena and Parma, which are the, the three main cities of Emilia-Romagna, which is the province that Bologna is in, are the the kind of the, the food centre of Italy. And even though Italian food is very regional. So, for instance, like whereas in Napoli you eat pizza and in, you know, in the north you might eat a lot more rice dishes or, mm. or polenta or whatever. But the, what we think of as Italian cuisine in the kind of more generic sense is really born and is spaghetti best. Spaghetti bolognese, penne pasta okay. and lasagna. Okay, so let's we'll talk about spaghetti bolognese, but um, and why you should never ever ask for spaghetti bolognese oh, in Bologna. Oh, yeah, I know uh, spaghetti bolognese. Um, anyway, so Bologna, and so it's 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 less than an hour from Florence by train, and every bit is beautiful. It's it's a great city to visit, and it's a brilliant alternative to Florence, which despite being the city of my mum, is overrun with tourists. Bologna isn't not overrun, but mm. not quite to the same degree. And easy to get there. Ryanair fly there a couple of times a week and 60 quid each way. Like, I mean, and get the bus from the airport. Full of students there. and lefties. It is full of students. So La Rosa is the other nickname that it has, the red, red one, the because red one. it has like a strong left-wing bend yeah. that goes back to the Middle Ages. Oh, really? Because I would say, I, I should say, I've, I was in Bologna once, but I only over interrailing and it was one of the places that kind of didn't get visited we kind of stopped for a night and moved on to Florence I think it was um, on our way down for, we would have been on our way down kind of from Venice maybe across the country would we have stopped in Bologna then we might have stopped yes. in Bologna then and um, oh yeah so I would have assumed that kind of that um, socialist bent was more just that it was a student city but it goes back further no it goes back way further and also La Rosa also it, it's it, it's doubly double nickname because it is to do with its left wing politics which as I said go back centuries um, but also as well as the the red tiles of, mm. of the medieval building so it's a city that like the primary colour is red um, but so it's always had like it's always been a centre for cultural learning I mean it's I, I yeah I, it's 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 quite a remarkable place if you only had one day okay okay so all of your the centre of the city is a Piazza Maggiore or, may, or Main Square, the Main Square. And it's dominated by the Basilica di San Petronio, which is the sixth largest church in Europe. Then on the western side is you've got the Palazzo Comunale or City Hall, and uh, which is where... The, and so think about this, okay? Bologna City Council has been there since 1336. Wow. Yeah, uninterruptedly. Um, and then also there you've got the... Commun- it's called the Collezione Comunale d'Arte, which is basically the art gallery of 13th and 19th century. So, now... And was it kind of the poor relation then of of its neighbouring states? Because, you know, even if you think about the 14th century, like you'd have found kind of 
um, kind of Florentine gold and, and well, Venetian ducats been, and all of that. Well, were Florence were would have been the dominant power in yeah. the, well, it, Milan, Florence, Siena, to a certain extent, Pisa were dominant. Yeah. Uh, you know, every one of these was these little mini city states, but Florence was in, was very very powerful. And Bologna was just tipping away, tipping away, doing high on its own furrow. Yeah, just you know, <laughs> left wing. Oh. <laughs> you know. Anyway, sorry, we digress. We're in the central square. Okay, so you're in the central square now. It's also it's also the city of the tower. So there's all these great clock towers and bell towers all over the town. There's far less of them now than there were, but the most famous one is the Torre degli Asinelli or the, the, the Donkey Tower. And it's 97 metres high. Okay. Now, I did it when I was young. I must have been about 17. I've only, and it's vertiginous. It is. It's, and it's, if, if you have any kind of vertigo or dizziness because you're just going round. And okay. Smart, it's probably not advisable and it can feel quite claustrophobic. Why is it called the Donkey Tower? Degli Asinelli. I don't know. Okay. I'm sh- I'd, who knows I, I'm sure there's a donkey show you can go to in Tijuana <laughs> that is true there is a donkey show you shouldn't go to in Tijuana um, but the the one I'd recommend similar in New York where people say oh I'll climb the Empire State Building is it's like no climb top of the rock Rockefeller Center because you get the view of New York and the Empire State yes. Building so what you want is you want to climb the, the clock tower which is attached to the city hall and it's slightly lower, 13th century tower. It's got all of its medieval bona fides. Okay. It's easier to climb, less visitors, and you get to see all of Bologna plus the Torre degli Asinelli. And so you get, and it, it's definitely, there's another, there's another one called Torre Garisenda, which is like about half a kilometer east of the main square on Via Rizzoli. So you can climb that one as well. And, uh, as I said, it's really Asinelli. If you're going to do it, like, yeah. be aware. And these are some of those towers that will remain. A lot of them are gone, are they? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's a bit like San Gimignano in, in Tuscany. Is is that, this, again, just these tall towers and over the centuries, some were. But is it still very much medieval, mm. the centre of the city? Like, but it's actually, towers? it's actually, oddly enough, it's two, yes, yeah, so you have the heart of the old city, which yeah. is very strong, and then you've got the porticos, and I'll talk about the porticos in a second. So Bologna's famous for its covered walkways. But then the other side of the city, and again, this speaks to more the, the, the student side of it, is, is you've got this like, Really high tech. It's one of the high tech centers of Italy. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's also quite wealthy. So Bologna's there's a lot of money in Bologna, and uh, it's 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 got some of the best restaurants around. It's very very elegant. And then you've got the more touristy side, which is kind of centered on Piazza Maggiore in the medieval center. Okay. Before um, we talk about food, then the porticos. The porticos. Okay. So now these were given in 2021. They were given UNESCO heritage. Okay. As a, as a world cultural site. From the 12th and 13th centuries onwards, basically was just to cover the walkways to expand trade, so that tradesmen could could move around the city without getting wet. Okay, but, yeah, yeah, and uh, so basically, by building roofs over the sidewalks, they could extend space in the buildings without having to build new buildings as well. Okay, and that way you can set up trading. So stores. your wares could yeah. go out onto spill out onto the streets. And so, can you? Uh, I'll just throw a guess on how many kilometers of porticos oh, do you think there might be. Um, ten kilometers of porticos. Sixty-two. There's not. Is Sixty-two there? kilometers. Still. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's incredible. And it is. It's it's one of the. It's 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 stunningly beautiful. And and it makes visiting Bologna that bit different because 
you know, as you say, one Renaissance city, you've seen one, you've seen them all. <laughs> I'm joking. But Bologna is unique in that regard in that the porticos are such a distinct, distinctive part of the city's architecture. And are there particular porticos you should yeah, go and see so parts of the city? On Piazza Maggiore, Porti, uh, Portico del Pavaglione, which is the most iconic. Then there is uh, Portica Via Farini and Portico Palazzo Bolognini. They're the three that kind of really stand out. Um, there's another one. There's, there's like one kind of standalone Portico, it's known as Il Tren or the train, and I don't know why, but it's it was it's kind of more of an icon of post-war urbanism. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, th- those three, if you just have a look, just walk around those three. It's really, really nice. So why should I not ask for spaghetti bolognese? Because then? it doesn't exist. Oh, they call it ragu. spaghetti. Yeah, no. So Spaghetti easy. <laughs> oh okay. The name... <laughs> Spaghetti bolognese is about as bolognese as ham and cabbage. Honestly, it's about as belonging to Bologna as ham and cabbage are. <laughs> and so the, the traditional restaurants in the city won't serve. What they serve is what they call is it's a meat based sauce called ragu. Okay? Yeah, okay. Now, it's not bolognese sauce. It's ragu. And yeah, I know. I know. And it's like, ugh, you know, tomato, tomato. I, I get that. Yeah. And but Quite literally. Yeah. So, okay. So it's slow cooked. It's minced beef and pork. Okay. Okay. Added to sofrito. And it's really easy to make. So you get, I don't know, I make it at home all the time. Get your half pork mince, half beef mince, add it to onion, celery and carrots. But the key is, is, um, and the thing is, you don't add tomato sauce. Okay. What do you put in? Nothing. 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 What? Yeah. Just, I mean, use red wine. So it's just the minced meat. Yeah. Celery, carrot and and onion and some red wine. Some red wine and let it simmer for two hours. That's it. That's it. There's no tomato sauce. Mm. See, this is the great misnomer. People think, oh, I'm just going to lash some tomato sauce into my... Yeah. And I'll make some bolognese. You give us some squirt of Heinz, do you? (laughs) Squirt (laughs) of some ketchup. Um, Now, and, and that is, again, but it's like... Has anyone told the lads in Dalmio this? They really do. <laughs> yeah, and that's the key. And and so people get surprised. Is yeah. like because it's, it's not a bit dry, if you want. No, the, the the red wine, and okay. if you cover it and you let it simmer, cook like at the lowest heat for two hours. Mm. Now, and what you do is is or certainly what my mother and grandmother would always do is you keep an eye on it, and if it starts to dry out, like literally add like a drop of water. Okay. And just let it, just let it stay. What colour does it all come out then? It comes out, actually, well, the red wine will stain okay. it all a nice kind oh, of red. Okay. But it's not, it's not red, tomato red at all. Okay. It just, it's, it's, it's just. And what lovely. pasta are you doing with it then? Ah, so this is it. Now, I, I could be, I think penne is the one that, because the meat can get into the little yes, holes of okay. the penne. But I mean, the thing is, is, it's a bit like, oh, never order a cappuccino in Italy after 11 o'clock. I mm. couldn't care less. I'd order a cappuccino whenever. I use it with any pasta that's to hand. Spaghetti. Or what they call it, pasta corta. Or short Wait, but if, uh, if you're getting, what, what's in Bologna? Penne. Short pasta. Okay, so they're getting short penne. Pasta. So it's like the small pasta rather than the big long Okay. And anyway, so now there's, Loads and loads of restaurants where you can get it, but I'm going to recommend one. It's Trattoria Bertozzi, B-E-R-T-O-Z-Z-I, and it's on Via Andrea Costa. And it's real kind of local insider place. Um, it's uh, it's uh, basically is where the, it's not only really, really good food, but it's like the unofficial gathering place for fans of Bologna FC 
who are rubbish, frankly. <laughs> you know, they're Serie B teams, you know, but still, the, the, the love of the team still remains undimmed. And uh, really, really good. Then there's a couple of other places. Um, now, Trattoria di Via Serra is really, really good. Um, there's one that's way off the beaten path called Osteria al Quindici or Osteria at the 15th. Mm. And if you wanted, but if you want a blowout meal in one of, as I said, one of the culinary capitals of Europe, never yes. mind just Italy, Trattoria da Amerigo, which is the best restaurant in the whole province. And it's now Michelin starred. So, and it's in Savigno, which is 30k west of... Bologna. Well, is is it worth getting out of the city? Yes, 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 yes. So now, it is worth bearing in mind if you've only got a weekend, you know, yeah. you have to be selective. So maybe getting out of Bologna just becomes slightly more. But if you want a true Bologna experience, rent a car and just head out into the into Colli Bolognese or the surrounding hills, and they loads of great restaurants. There's like restaurants by the names and I'm going to list them very quickly so you'll have to listen back to get them Nuova Roma Osteria del Nonno and Trattoria Gilberto these are just three where like literally you go in let the waiter order for you so long as you don't have any kind of food intolerances or you're not whatever and they'll bring you like the meal of a lifetime and at, at a relatively affordable cost so you can get in with some wine 60 quid a head like, but but you will talk about this meal and you'll talk about it to your friends and you'll talk about it to everybody and bore mm. the arse off people. And I went for this meal just outside Bologna and you have to go. And it the food is that good. Wow. Yeah. Um, music in Bologna. Yeah, so mu- there's a big musical heritage in the city. Now, you'd have to have a kind of a keen interest, I think, but um, it's got this incredible musical pedigree both past and present so Mm. Lucio Dalla who is kind of the Bob Dylan of Italy is a Bolognese and there's a big tradition of singer-songwriters that come out of Bologna and when you mix singer-songwriters with a slightly kind of socialist bent you get like those you know on the you know on the ramparts you know singing the songs the Pete Seegers of the world or the Bob Dylans of the world yeah. singing about the oppressed and, and uh, but it's a, I, I'm, I'm even in describing it, I'm, I'm not doing it justice. It's a really, Lucio Dalla is like, okay. uh, Lucio Dalla is incredible. Uh, and anyway, but they also have um, lots of, so there's a place called San Colombano and it's uh, basically, so this local guy, he has this collection of 80 musical instruments that go back to like the 11th century. And so if you're into musical instruments, Bologna has two great museums. This one's San Colombano and also the Museo, the International Museum and Library of, Muse- of Music of Bologna, it's called. And where, so you, you said it's about an hour from Florence on the train. Yeah. But can you fly, is there flights to no, Bologna? No, 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 Ryanair fly directly into Bologna. Oh, wow, okay. So you don't have to go near anywhere near Florence. And where should you stay? Uh, well, okay, so uh, two recommendations, Casa Isolani, really good value rooms, the Hotel Metropolitan, again, it's a nice two, or sorry, it's like a three or a four star, but, you know, 80 quid, 90 quid a night. Yeah. And then if you really want, like, a five star splash out to follow on your Michelin start meal, Grand Hotel Majestic, which is not in an, it's an 18th century palace and it's with prices to boot. Wow. Um, can I just tell you, though, can I talk a little bit about, are you a fan of cars? Um, yeah. Are you a fan of Ferraris and Lamborghinis? Oh, yeah, I like the look of them, yeah. Okay, so in between Bologna and Modena, is 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 car country, okay? So what you've got, Ferrari, Maserati, Lamborghini, Ducati, and then Pagani, who are like a bespoke make yeah. measure car. So in Bologna, there's the Ducati Museum. So you can go and visit 
top end motorcycle brand, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, there's there's the Museo Ferrari in Maranello, which is oh, it's kind of between Bologna and Modena. Yeah. You've got the Museo Enzo Ferrari, which is in Modena, and then you've got the Museo Ferrucci Lamborghini, which is nine thousand square meters of family heirlooms in uh, in Argelato, which is no way. Yeah, and then and now you need to pre-book all of these, but if you are into cars. You can go, you, you can take like a production line tour at uh, Lamborghini. Oh, no, I'd love that. That's what I'm saying. So you can see the cars being made. Yes. You can go and see the production line at Maserati. But here's the one I left. What I, you mightn't have heard of Pagani, okay? Mm-hmm. Museo Horatio Pagani. It's in San Cesario sul Panaro and it just makes 40 supercars a year. Oh, my God. That's it. Yeah. Okay. And this is like, mo- so the, so if you have a spare 1.3 to 2.5 million quid. Who doesn't? You can get yourself a Pagani. And it's made to your exact... And can you go specific- there and watch them yes. making it? So you can oh, go and you can honest. speak to the engineers. That. They'll show you the production line. Yeah. And if, like my brother, my brother's a car mad. And like I'm, I, I get it. Look, these, yeah. these are extraordinary vehicles. But like when you see like a Lamborghini on the production line or a Ferrari or whatever, then you're like, okay, because they're not just motor cars; they're pieces of art. Right? You know, sometimes when my wife goes to bed early and I'm allowed to watch what I want, sometimes I end up just watching the Discovery Channel, and it's stuff like this: how things are made. It's how do they make hard hats? How do they make Lamborghinis? I went to. There was how do an, they make big rolls? I watch it all. Equivalent in uh, is it in. Not Buckinghamshire, Leicestershire, it's, uh, or Warwickshire. Warwickshire. It's in Warwickshire is the Morgan factory. Yes. Have you been? No, so but uh, my in-laws, my sister-in-law, they live in, in Warwickshire. So the so Morgan factory. It. So again, similar to that, if anybody has been. So in the Morgan factory, again, bespoke, made to measure, like luxury cars. And you can go in, not only can you speak to the engineers and go on the production line, but for not a crazy amount of money, I think it's like £300, you can get a Morgan to drive for a day. Oh, yeah, and you can drive it around the countryside. Like, it's wow. amazing. And so the idea of, like, doing the equivalent in Italy is pretty is pretty nice. All right. Listen, Fionn, thank you as always. I'll talk to you again at the same time next week. Yeah. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.